Uh, good evening and praise the Lord. I'm glad to be here once again. I'm aware that you are doing exams, and that is a good thing. I think during exam period there is a sufficient sobriety uh, to listen. Um, the topic today is church and politics. I think this is a very important topic, especially because we are in a campaign year. You know, in our country, every campaign year, churches have prophecies, uh, depending on the tribal population of that church. So that if the, uh, or the, the, I remember in 2017, is it 2013, we had a lot of prophecies flying around, you know. Uh, this prophet so-and-so prophesied that the Lord talked to him that so-and-so is the one who is chosen to become the president. And another Christian who comes from a different part of the country feels, no, that is not the Lord. Now, us here, there's a way the Lord talked to us. And so that by the time the election results go and they come out, half of the country feel the Lord has disappointed them. Uh, you feel, the Lord gave us the prophecy. And how come? And, and it's not just, uh, I think, it was a problem here. Those of you who followed the elections in the United States, was it last year? So, last year, last year, but one? We, there was the same problem where the evangelicals believed that God has appointed Donald Trump to become, they are using which word? Cyrus. Not the way God appointed King Cyrus. And there were prophecies going in that direction. And then it went on, and then Biden was declared the winner. And now people are confused. But I think one of the things which is important is that you need to question and interrogate what does the Bible say about every aspect of life. You see, the word of God is not just uh, something given to us to take us to heaven. The word of God is given to us so that we learn to think like God and live lives that are worthy of the kingdom of God. Heaven is simply a collection of the children of God, but the real reason why we are born again is so that we can be one with God. Uh, I normally like saying that the objective, the reason why Jesus came was not to take us to heaven. Otherwise, the prayer that he made in the book of Luke, would have been useless. Because there he says that, Father, I don't say that you take them. Because he knew that they're going to remain on us. So he, told, he, he prayed and said, that protect them by the power of your name, the name that you gave me. In other words, Jesus expected us, having transformed us to become children of God, to now extend the kingdom of God. And we'll be talking about that in a short while. Allow me to start with definitions so that we are be on the same page. First of all, I want us to look at what is politics. You know, when we talk about politics, our understanding is campaigning and elections, and then announcing of results, and then we know who is the winner. But that really is not what politics is. Politics is simply how a group of people decide how they agree, you know, to govern one another. So politics is everywhere. For instance, let me give you an example. Out of this service, when you will be going back 
to where you stay. You are a group of four. You have to decide which route you want to follow. Now, if you disagree, everyone will go on their own. So that you say, no, me, I don't want to follow, I'm following main gate, like those who stay outside. The other person says, me, I don't want to follow main gate, I want to use gate B. The other one says, me, I don't want, I'll stay around, I'll leave later. When I'm decided on which gate I want to use. So the four of you must agree. You must agree that which gate are we using and which route are we following. That is politics. Because whereas you don't know it, there are some quick factors you've considered. Probably you've decided to follow the most charismatic member of the group. You know, in any group, there's always that person. Huh? You've seen when you go to weddings, there's always that person who comes with the dance moves. And everyone follows. You know? So everyone just looks at them. When they go chini kwa chini, everybody chini kwa chini. Because that is, that is the lead at that particular time. The person has not been elected by voting, but somehow everyone has agreed this person is our leader. For this dancing, this is our leader. So that is politics, because you have to agree. The moment, the moment you are more than one person, politics has to come in. If you are alone, you decide yourself. When you stay alone, like I stayed alone after graduating, before, I think when I finished campus and the following year, when I went, it was an easy life. You come from work and you debate with yourself. Do I want to eat or I want to sleep hungry? Then you look at, you, you sit there, you know you're in your bed seat and you sit, you sit on your bed and you're looking at those plates and you wonder who is going to wash them once I'm done. Then I'm ha having had that meeting, you decide, uh, I'm not eating, let me just sleep. Or you go and buy a loaf of bread and then you eat and then you sleep. But once a second person comes in, it becomes more complicated. Because you can't just come in and decide, now people are sleeping hungry in this house. I don't want to eat. And so you have to, it has to be a consensus. You have to say, okay, fine, what do you want? Me, I'm hungry. So who is cooking? Let us agree. Who is cooking? Who is going to wash utensils? Politics is inside there. It's not that now, because there's no heated campaign, you don't realize it. Some of you know, when you are home with your siblings, you have to lobby. There's always that one sister or brother who always has the ear of your father. Tell you wonder, how do they get their way? Because you've gone and you've really pleaded, and things are not, then they go, within a short time, it has been approved. No, you have to go for a sleepover, and you're trying to look for words to go and tell dad, till you give up. But then there's a sister of yours who will go, and within a few minutes, it is approved. Because it's a way she knows how to package her words. And give assurance. And say, Dad, by midnight we are done. We are coming back. Till her dad looks at her and sees this girl is serious. Okay, it's alright, you can go. And this is a point where, if you have some serious issues with the dad, you now front her. Because you know that when she goes, she'll actually, chances are very high, she'll succeed. So, the way we organize ourselves... Uh, the, maybe the classical definition would be the set of activities that are, are associated with making decisions in groups or other forms of power relations among individuals, such as the distribution of resources or status. So when you go somewhere, you quickly understand the political environment. For instance, I don't know, I know it's long since I've been in the JQUATCU, but I'm not sure whether JQUATCU is ready for that chairman who, you know, he walks like... There's a way he says, and then he, he wears the cape facing backward, and you know, he has tattoos... The guy is born again. 
And then now his name is presented to be chairman. Hey, you people will just look at that brother from the head, the toe, and wonder, are we ready? <laughs> the Lord has no problem with it. The Lord has, you know, I have, I have some friends who are with here in the JQRCU, and they went to South Africa. He, he finished, then he got a job in some international farm, and he was posted in South Africa. So when he came back, he told me, James, I've suffered in South Africa. Why? I went to a church. I went for a Kesha. There's a Kesha I went to. And people are praying, people are sobbing, people are worshipping him, he couldn't. Because the worship leader has those big shoes, you know, those tight pants, and there's a way his cap is facing backward, and the guy is praying, and the guy, and he was telling me, I just couldn't go. The Jacob still in me could not allow me to, to be blessed in that sense. So you get to know, so that we, have, we may have a brother like that who is actually qualified to become the chair of the CU, but will not make it to be the chair because of the politics of the JQRCU. He'll not make it. You know? The same way there are churches where a woman cannot be a pastor. Alright? So all these things are politics. In other words, there's a way we conventionally make decisions in groups on how do we govern ourselves? Uh, who can become our prayer coordinator? I remember me, I was told I can't be a prayer coordinator because of the way I like sleeping. I think prayer coordinators must be people who can wake up at 3 a.m. like the Lord and just go somewhere and pray. Someone like me, I was, they realized I love sleeping, so they told me, Yo, we can't make you a prayer So those are politics. Right? Of the place. But I told them, well, I sleep a lot, but I know how to make people pray and ensure they are praying. So, those are politics of the place. So, we have politics in family. We have politics at the work environment. Very soon, like the elders here, you'll finish and then you'll get jobs. And then, at the time, you realize that there are politics in the work environment. You know? You wonder why is someone being promoted so fast? And you, you are working so hard, you're even carrying your. You are boss's suitcase. No, there are those employees who are very good. The boss is living and, and you remain there, no promotion. But the other one who looks stubborn, because there's the politics of the workplace. There's a way decisions are made, and there's a way status are conferred. And once you understand the politics of the workplace, and you align yourself, then you realize that things begin to fall somehow in your favor. Because you realize probably they broke. You know, you are given a project or something within a short time you've delivered and you've submitted, then they note you. Uh, there are some people who are very good with speech and uh, your bosses are able to, to realize. The next time they are picking the company negotiating team, those who are negotiating deals, they put you there. Because that is the politics of the work environment. Of course, there are others that are now toxic. Now you are promoted based on uh, other things. But basically, I just want us to have that broad understanding of our politics. So that it depends now with the form. For instance, I think as, now we want to look at it larger scale, because I think that is the, that's the essence of this topic. We want to look at it in the larger scale of a country, for instance. In our African system, we never had democracy. In the traditional African setup, we never had democracy. We had consensus. So you'll pick some serious men who have homes, and multiple wives. My father tells me someone with one wife will not sit in the council of elders. 
So when you are, so you'll just marry many wives so that you can be. That is politics of the area because even if you didn't want to have many wives, as long as you want to be a member of the council of elders, then you'll be forced to marry two, three, four, or five wives so that they can now see that you're a serious person who can talk where elders are talking. You know? And it's, it, is a, it is a... So, that time, they will meet. They'll get someone, so-and-so, elder, so-and-so. Then they meet under a tree. They really call it barazas. And they sit in a baraza, and then they deliberate matters of the village or of the clan. And they decide, so I uh, did something which is a taboo. So because of that, we are chasing him into the forest for one week. And once they stamp that spear, it is settled. So they will come for you and we to the forest for a week as punishment, then you come back. Or sometimes they will say that I will give 40 strokes of the cane. It's final. So you come and lie down under that tree and some strong elder is given the cane. And they work on you. I know those days there are no clothes. I just some skin. So, and then there was the chief. The chief a lot of times was a very rich person. He had lots of cow, cattle, and he had large fat tilled. A rich person. And that person will become the chief. Then he has his guards, and who are very well trained, and they protect him, and they protect the territory. Democracy was not an African thing. Then we have democracies. Like now what we see in Europe, and now they brought it down to Africa. Where uh, the ideal form of democracy is where you elect some of you. You know? Uh, you know now we are, like now in this room, uh, maybe if I approximate, probably let us say we are 150. Then we say, who wants to lead us? Then a few people who think they have the guts come forth. And then they stand here and we vote for them. Called democracy. But now, democracies also believe that once you've elected them, you're supposed to keep them accountable. They're supposed to be able to you so that power is with we the people. Alright? I was reading an article where someone was saying that democracy is just a nice form of monarchy. You choose your monarch for five years. So like now we are going to choose another monarch, another king or queen. Uh, do you have a queen who has, a lady who has shown up to become president? I'm not sure. To take over. And they are going to rule you for five years. God wanted the children of Israel when they wanted a king. Now they looked at other, other nations and then they said, no. As we must also, we can't have a king who is not seen. He just talks to a prophet, then the prophet comes and tells him, we don't want that one. We want to be like other kingdoms. They have their king, they carry their king on their back, their king rides donkeys and horses, looks nice. We want one like that. And then, Someone went and talked to God and said, these people have brought here a memorandum. They want a key. Hey, and God, said, do they know what they're asking for? I'm not sure. Okay, fine. Let you go tell them that this person will make their children to work for him. Mm -hmm. He gave them one of the things they're going to do. They'll pay taxes to him. They will till their land. Basically, they will be his servants. And Samuel thought that is a good idea to may convince them otherwise. So he went back with the news and told them, look, God has said the following. That if you want a king, oh, it is very bad. When the king comes, he'll make you his servants. And they said, notwithstanding, we have accepted. Okay? Not the way Kenyans say, even if he's a thief, he's our thief. You know? He's our thief. So they also say, notwithstanding, we know all those things. We want a king. 
And God said, okay, fine, someone. Go ahead. Give them someone. Now, because God intended to be their king all through. So it is important that we see that. Now, that is democracy. We have monarchies where the king, there's a king who is the ultimate ruler of the kingdom. And a lot of times for monarchies, actually, monarchies is hereditary. So you can have a good king and he has a son. If the son is stupid, you just have to live with it. Because he's the one coming. Actually, for a long time, there was the understanding that they were appointed by God. You know? They were, that leadership, that kingship was on them. So going against them was like going against the gods or God. In fact, there are some who are worshipped. Even today, there is a leader who does not have a title. Is this South or North Korea? And uh, the guy is actually a deity. He's being worshipped. Called King Jong-un. He's being worshipped. People believe that he's divine. So that people believe like that. The same thing, I think, with China. There are areas where they actually worship the president. You now he's a, a shrine and he's worshipped. And also they worship the guy who died a while ago called Chairman Mao, who has not been buried up to now. There's a place where his body has been frozen and people go there to worship. So there are those things which kept those, the monarchies. So it is hereditary. So that once you are a leader, then you are a child, and then it goes on and 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 on. Then, of course, we have theocracies, like the ancient Jewish system, where God is the king. And so he rules through some prophet. All right? So when there are issues to be judged, the prophet sits there and he, and he, he sits, the council and the prophet And if there's a word from God, he comes and tells people the word. Then now we just have cases where you'll classify them all together as oligarchies. Oligarchies simply means that there's a group, a select group of people who are considered upper class citizens. So they're the ones who make decisions on behalf of others. It's like what we see in communist countries, like in Vietnam. There are no elections. The party tells you who, to el who is your MP. So they just come like now, it's a, it's a political period. Then the party gives you two names. Tells you, we have given you Isaac and Peter. Choose one of them to be your MP. And then you start from there. So it is more like a ruling class, a small ruling class, decides the fate of everybody else. Now, I want to clarify something very important at this point. None of these systems is perfect. Why? Because all of them have been stained by the sinful state of the heart of man. So that is why when you run from one system to the other, then you realize that you, you try to get so that I want to reprieve. You know the way people, some people think that, uh, you know, in, in 2013, men, there's that hot contest between Uhuru and Raila. And some people say, once Uhuru becomes president, all my problems will be solved. Maybe we need to meet them now and ask them that how many of your problems have been solved? Because there are people who believe so much that when this particular person, there's no system in the earth, and I will be explaining that uh, towards the end as I finish up. Then, let us also look at the church. Now, the church, I will look at two definitions. Number one is the ecumenical body of Christ. That is Generally, everyone in the globe who has believed in the accomplished work of Jesus Christ and is a follower of Jesus Christ, people who are being sanctified as part of the body of Christ, 
to one day meet the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven in his second glorious coming or the second reunion. So that is an ecumenical sense. Now, I want to say here that in the whole of this earth and the entire history of the human race, we only have two institutions that have been founded by God. The first one is in the book of Genesis, I think chapter number two. And the second one is in Matthew 16, verse 17, when Jesus was talking to Peter and he was saying that, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Then he said, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Now, Jesus, that time, mentioned the word church. So there are only two institutions. Number one is the institution of marriage. Number two is the institution of the church. And Jesus called it my church. So both institutions, God has a reserved headship. In marriage, the Bible says that the husband is the head of the wife. And who is the head of the husband? Christ is the head of So he has remained head of the marriage. The same thing, he has remained head of the church. Those are two institutions God has not delegated leadership. He remains to be the head. And he expects everyone who is behind him in those institutions to toe the line. And there's no democracy. There's no day in a family you'll sit down and elect. Of course it's possible as a couple who are married to, to tell God that it is over. I was telling some people that the reason why God hates divorce is because when divorce starts, he's the first culprit. Normally he's the first to be chased out. So that people can now fight well without him interfering. Uh, the same thing with a church. When a church wants to go down uh, south, they first of all kick out God so that they can now mess up properly. But ideally, those two institutions, God has retained leadership. He is the Lord of the marriage and he is also the Lord of the church. All other institutions apart from those two, are man-made in as much as they have been ordained by God. And we'll be looking at Romans 13 in a while. That is why they can be destroyed and remade. Ethnic groups come and go. It will, be, it will surprise you, for instance, that maybe a thousand years from now, we will not have a tribe called Kikuyu. Because of the way we are raising up our children, not even to know mother tongue. And because of... The things change. Uh, maybe... And countries come and go. We used to have the big Sudan. Now it is split. It is Sudan and South Sudan. Initially, we used to have the Roman Empire. It disintegrated. And countries come and go. We have political institutions. The Senate, Parliament, Presidency. Today, they're trying to talk about, you know, through this BBI thing that the court refused. They're talking about Prime Minister. So these things come and go. Because those ones are made by men. The only two institutions that have been instituted by God, and God has remained head over them, is marriage and the church. And they have set out guidelines on how they are supposed to work. Now, I want to mention something on that. God expects that the church and families will produce people that will make other institutions godly. That is why the family is so important to God. And that is why the church is so important to God. The church is supposed to produce people who are going to make other institutions godly. And I'll be giving a few examples of those who have done that in a short while. 
Now, there's an old man who one time went to, he was in Nyayo house. A, he was processing some of his documents. And he had been frustrated for a very long time. He was a Christian. So one day he went there and started shouting, are there Christians in this place? So, you know, because he was wondering, how can I be frustrated like this? Are there Christians here? Of course, the few Christians who are there had to bow down and call him, say, come, how do we help you? Because I think our theology is such that there's a total disconnect between what we do on Sunday and what we do from Monday to Saturday. That is why there are normally questions like, do I go into career or do I go into ministry? So you wonder, okay, so is career not ministry? Because if you don't see career as ministry, then you are going to be a problem. You are going to misrepresent the kingdom of God. A Christian knows that if you are taken to public service, that is ministry. If you are taken into politics, that is ministry. If you are led into designs or into developing a vaccine or whatever, that is ministry. And you handle it with the same seriousness that you handle choir practice or preaching. Same seriousness. Because you are serving God. Actually, Paul says that do what you do as unto the Lord, not unto men. Because anything you do is ministry. Now, I want to just say something here that, is a, that will blow you a bit, and I want to think about it, maybe in the next coming weeks or so. You know, we normally say that God created man to worship. But if you look at Genesis chapter number 2, you realize that God created man to work. Because God had done everything. He had created the earth, and he had done everything, and he was happy. Then he thought, now, who can we bring to take care of these things? And then he said, let us create man in our own image. Someone like us, someone who is creative, who can think, who can solve problems. Someone who can create something out of nothing. Let us create him in our own image so that he can continue the work we have started. So that he can subdue and dominate. So the primary role of man is not worship. The primary role of man is work. The reason why worship is important is that worship empowers you for work. That is why if you are going to church on Sunday and you are useless between Monday and Saturday, then what you, got, what you did on Sunday was also useless. You worship here and listen to the word so that you are effective out of the church. The church is a place where you are empowered to work. You are taught the principles of the kingdom of God. You interact with God so that you get out there and work. So the responsibility of the church is not to dictate how politics is done. But there's another definition of worship. Where, I mean of church. Where we look at it as an organization. Where you say, this is the position of the church. This constitution allows abortion and because of us as the church, we refuse. And then you ask, how, how many are we as a church? We are 80%. And because of that, this referendum is going to fail. Then we go to referendum, then the referendum passes 80%. Then you wonder, who was the church? Who was speaking? Okay? So someone comes up and says, and you see, there are countries where it's a serious issue. Like in, uh, in the U.S., you have to try and appeal to the evangelicals because they are, they are a very strong political voice. So around the campaign period, you must look like you know the Bible, and you must look like you... I remember, I don't know if it still happens here, during election period in campus, politicians become ushers in church. 
I don't know, it still happens. Maybe nowadays, because the, the voting system has changed, they are not so much interested. But I remember when they were here, during the election period, they were disturbing us. Because now they are ushers. Uh, they are ushers and they, they want to ensure that they stand here and ask, who needs an envelope so that they are seen? Huh? They wave the envelopes like this, so that they are seen that they are actually members of the church. So that when you are going to vote, you know this is a brother. Uh, let me vote wisely. Alright? So that those things where now you are, and, 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 and I think it is important that people know that you have certain values. Because what happens is the church ought to transform the worldview of a society such that we only pick leaders that have got those policies that lean towards what we believe. Now, the challenge with democracy is that it is the way of the majority. So if the majority feel, for instance, that uh, same-sex marriage is good, then they will elect a politician who thinks the same. Or the politicians, because they want votes, will have to change to adopt that particular mindset so that, because, so that they can win the elections. Now, so what is the role of the church? I think that is a very interesting, that is something that you, you must be interested in this topic when it comes to issues of politics. Now, as I've mentioned, politics is just how we organize. As politics is so important. Because whether you like it or not, politics will determine so many things. There are some people who have not been able to come to campus and survive campus because of wrong politics. Because the MP couldn't give them bursaries. I also know people who have gone through campus purely out of bursaries. They were on bursary. In fact, there's one who was, who I was chatting the other day. Who him is the one who was being given names. He was told by the MP to submit names. So he had access. Because he was paying for himself plus access for others. Politics also decides the kind of infrastructure, the environment that we are staying in. It, it decides so. You know, you know in, in, uh, in Germany, also some of you have read the story of Hitler. The guy just decided that the Jewish race is an inferior race and they need to be killed, all of them. And that has been one of the worst massacres in the history of, of, the, of the human race. Uh, King uh, Leopold II of Belgium also came to Congo and massacred the Congolese thoroughly because he gave them targets daily of making rubber. And if they did not meet it, their hands were chopped off and they were killed. The Congolese, they suffered for a very long time. Of course, they're still suffering up to now under black leaders. But they really suffered. So that is how serious politics is. It really determines uh, the peace of the land. That is why I think God was talking about us praying for the land. If you look at Jeremiah 29 verse 7, the Bible says, seek the prosperity of the city to which I have sent you as exiles. Pray to the Lord on its behalf for it to prosper. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. In other words, the, your prosperity is tagged to the prosperity of the land. So you need to pray for the land. Even if you hate the president. Like I know there are people here who are hustler down. And they can't wait for August 9th to have a hustler government. So if by bad luck, these dynasties win, they will not pray for them. But the Bible says that the prosperity of the land will determine your prosperity. If the government fails, you also fail. 
That is why you find someone who is being frustrated in Kenya, the person manages to go to Canada or to the US, in a short time the person is shooting up. Today, Elon Musk is the richest man on earth. Where did he come from? Which is his primary country to those who know. He came from South Africa. Do you think if he remained in South Africa, he would be the richest man now? Or not? The answer is no. There are people who are smarter than him who are in South Africa who are not being heard of anywhere. Because there are those constraints that have been put forth by government and by the way things are governed that limits you even if you have a lot of potential. So that is why it is important to pray. Now in 1 Timothy 2 verse 1, Paul talks to me and says that first of all, then I add that petition, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be offered to everyone for kings and all those in authority so that we may lead, again, it comes to the same point, we may lead a quiet, tranquil, peaceful, and quiet lives in all godliness and dignity. So what happens in politics is important. You know, for a long time we've had Christians who don't care what happens in governance and they don't follow what happens in politics. It is important because it affects the peace, it affects the dignity of the people, it affects, uh, it affects how the quality of life. In the year 2020, November, I lost my mom. I was called uh, on Friday evening. I think she had become badly sick that morning. So I was called at around noon. I told her mom is sick. She has not woken up today. I was supposed to travel home the following day. So I told them, what's the problem? Why can't you take her to hospital? Then I was told, we can't. What? The roads are so bad that the car can't even leave the home. And she died at night inside the home. Why? Because that is politics. If they would have made that road, maybe she would have died, but not at home. She would have died somewhere. Being, when, as the doctors tried to help her. So it is that important. It is really important. So by the time I was reaching home the following day, again I left because I, I left here around 4 a.m. By the time I was just standing like this, my dad calls me that your mom has already passed on. So I drove all the way. So it is that serious. We have people now, people following news, uh, people who are dying of hunger as politicians are dancing here in Nairobi and giving promises. So it is that serious. Because it means something. And that is why our primary mandate, number one as a church, is to pray for them. And I want to tell you here, you can't pray for those you hate. If you feel that uh, that is a wrong tribe or nini, you can't. And you see that the issue is, replacing one person with the other is good, but suddenly we know from experience it doesn't solve much. Because of reasons that are in the scripture. Number one is the fact that People are generally sinful. Now, the Lord has, has, has given me a lot of favor. I've had myself in some serious meetings where there are very high-profile government officials. And one of the things that surprises me on, on all those meetings is that they don't care about the people. It is not about the people. It is their interests. You know, when you go to, a political, to meet a politician and you have this idea that will change Nairobi City, the politician will ask, if I do this thing, how will it give me votes? It is not, if I do it, how will it solve people's problems? They don't think like that. So if the politician cannot get a direct relationship between that thing and votes, they don't care. They don't care. It is that, that side. Now, number two is, it is important to participate in politics. Some of you here may need to be encouraged to vie. 
a few years to come. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, there's a time in the book of Esther, it's a nice story there that is told. A seat was rendered vacant. The seat of the queen of the land. You know, the king had decided to throw a bash. The part, it was a big bash. People were just celebrating and having a good time. Then on the seventh day, the Bible says, he remembered he has a beautiful wife. So it insulted his people. Can you go and call my wife? I just want to show people the kind of wife I have. Again, the Bible says, no, the Bible is not very, I like the honesty of scripture. The Bible says, his wife was good to look at. So, 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 so he just wanted people to look at his wife. That is all he wanted. And just tell us, you just walk from there to there and come back. But then the wife was also busy in a brother bash with other women. So when the people arrived, the wife, she was called Vashti. Ah, Vashti said, no, 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 I'm so busy now. Can't you see the way Vashti is late? And him, he also wants us there. No, I'm not coming. So word went back to the king. And the king got furious. So furious that they had to leave him to cool down for some time. Then when he came back, he said, he called his officials. The Bible says, experts in the law. Called them and they sat down. Now, what should be done to Queen Vashti? Then one wise man stood at him and said, King, may you live forever. This thing that the queen has done is abominable. Because when other women of the kingdom will hear, and the women of the nobles will hear, they will start dealing with us the same way. You know, we talk to them, they talk back. We, we, we tell them to come, we display them, they don't want. So that is very dangerous for this king. So that's what we will do. That no, that seat must be declared vacant. Yes, let Queen Vashti go and sort herself out. And that's what the king did. The king, the, the king announced vacancy in the whole kingdom. It was a political office. You know, if it is a wife thing, you just look for someone you love. But this one was a political office. So people are supposed to apply and vie for that position. Because the position of the queen is now vacant. Then there was a wise Jewish man called Mordecai. He looked at his, he had a niece in his house. A lady he had brought up when she was offered. And the Bible says that that girl was, had a nice figure. You know the Bible? Hmm? The Bible is very interesting. You read it again in that place. The Bible says this girl had a nice figure. You know, when the Bible agrees you have a nice figure, then you really have a nice figure. And then, it says she was also beautiful. So that meant that she qualified for that political office. The qualifications were very simple. Nice figure, beautiful. You don't need a degree. Yeah? Then now Mordecai said, look, people are vying for this post. Don't waste yourself here. You have potential. Leave. Go where the virgins are. Go and be made. And the Bible says when she arrived, those who are talking care of the virgins looked at her and said, this one, this one has potential. Okay, now you, you all know how the story went, how the politics of the day went, and she won. Hallelujah. Ah, the queen won. Call Queen Esther. Queen Esther, she won. Imagine if that, the lady had not vied for that position. She won that seat. When she won, now a problem came. Someone in the courts, that guy was called who? Haman. Felt the Jewish needs to be destroyed and he went and did things. And now the time for testing came. 
So Mordecai sent word to the queen and said, look, sort out this issue. She didn't know what to do. Now Mordecai sent a word that has been repeated throughout history. Told her, look, if you don't do anything, the Lord will get help from somewhere. You and your household will perish. Then he asked her a question, but could it be that for such a time as this, you became a royal? Sometimes I don't know whether those, you know, we have politicians who campaign as Christians. Then they win. Then now we reach a place where we have a crisis. I don't know whether they ever remember. That could it be that for such a time as this, was I made a president or an MCA or... And that is something which was different with someone. There's a guy you, you may have heard about called William Wilberforce. He's the guy who rallied until the slave trade was abolished. This guy was a believer. And he believed with all, with all his strength that the reason why God called him to politics was to ensure that slave trade was abolished. And so he brought the bill about six years, from 1791 all the way to 1805, his attempts to, take that, to pass that bill into law was defeated. And after some time, people started rallying around him, and he succeeded in 1807. Up to date, everyone remembers William Wilberforce, the Christian. And he wrote a very powerful book on the Christian at the workplace. Because he realized a lot of Christians are Christians in church, but when they go to their places of work, they're not Christians. So this guy was even quoting scripture in parliament. And because of that, slave trade was abolished. And Britain, or the United Kingdom, was actually the first of the kingdoms of that time to formally abolish slave trade. Then now other nations started following. Because when someone appreciates, like Esther did, that it could be because of this reason that I was put here. That is why if you are here and somehow there's some conviction in you to get into politics, it's something you need to start praying about. Because in due course, God could actually lead you in that direction and you may be the difference we are looking for. You may be the person who for the first time will finish corruption. Though you need to live in a bulletproof house to achieve that. Okay? You may be the person you are looking for. You may be the person you are looking for to solve the issue of these problems you are facing. So it is important to participate. But it is also important to participate by voting. Now, in Kenya, we are in a democracy. Whether it's a perfect democracy is what I'm not sure. But we are in something that looks like a democracy, where you go vote and you hope your vote will mean something. Now, voting is a way of expressing your opinion. It is just saying that me, I think this is what is good. So you have people who have presented themselves. You know that some of you will not vote because Ruto is corrupt, Raila is corrupt. Now I want to tell you, we have Ruben Kigame vine. And I was hearing someone arguing that, okay, he's a good guy, but he has not governed anyway. So those are, those are just those are political reasons here there. So you also participate. I've said that you participate primarily by praying for those who are in authority because they're really important. Number two, and I think that's, that's your primary role. Number two is you yourself presenting yourself for political office. There's this guy in Meru, this boy who won in 2017. What is his name? I've forgotten 
his name. This one was just campaigning on borrowed motorcycles. and Then when he won, Uhuru gave him some. So I was asking, the other day I met someone from his constituency, and I was asking, your MP is so quiet. He doesn't even talk in parliament. What's the problem? He told me that guy doesn't speak there because he wants to be heard, but he's doing out on the ground. And I told him, most likely he's going to be elected. So the, and he's a very simple guy. I was told he's a very simple guy. He still mingles with people freely. And he's, he's a very ordinary guy. And I hope he remains like that. So there are people who get into power and they know that God has given me this responsibility for a time like this to do one, two, three, four, five things. And I hope that those of you who are here, you have the ability to convince people to vote for you. You know, once you've convinced them and they've voted for you, you are able to do what is right. But it starts from small things. It starts from how you will be employed as an intern and you will not steal rubber bands from the office and go into your house. All right? Those things, because if you, want to, if you start stealing rubber bands, then you will go ahead and then you steal big things in future. So that's small, small discipline, which is very important. Then the, I also mentioned the issue of voting. There are some of you here who are voters card, you are eligible to vote, but you want to vote. Now it is important that you vote. It, okay, your vote may not look like it will do anything, but it's important because you are expressing your opinion. You are saying that we have a time to decide and my opinion is needed, so I'm supposed to vote here. But I want to mention something that is so important. Even as you vote, remember, let us turn to the book of Psalms, chapter number 121, verse 1. Uh, is it David who was saying, I lift my eyes to the hills, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Indeed, he watches over Israel, with neither slander will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Now, I want to say something here so important. None of these politicians in the past, in the present, the future, has solutions to your problems. That is why it amazes me when Christians get emotional about politicians. You know, you even want to fight. You know, normally around time is when you, you scroll through Facebook. And that. You know, they have, you have, because people are now very emotional. People really think that this is the guy who is going to solve our problem. None of them will. If you think I'm lying, let us go to the same Psalms, chapter 146, verse 3. It says, do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. Now, the Bible is, the Bible is, uh, is interesting. This one says, do not trust in nobles, in man who cannot save. I love the word cannot. Not who may save you to some extent or partially help you. Now, the Bible says, I think I, this one was from, is it an IV? Which one is that? Can you get an IV? He says, there is no help from them. He says, when their breath departs, that is when they die, they return to the earth on that very day, their plants perish. Then now listen to the next, next part. It says, happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord of their God, who made heaven and earth the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry, the Lord sets the prisoners free. 
Oh, my time is up. Ah, good, good, good. No, no, actually, I don't need an extension. You've added to me a lot of time now. So, the Bible says that the eyes, the Lord opens, uh, let us go back to that, happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made the heaven and the earth. In other words, what the Bible is saying is, if you put your trust in princes, if you put your trust in leaders, then you are in for disappointment. Now, let me give you a practical perspective. The work of government, really, is to make the environment suitable for you to build yourself. That is why they build roads, they ensure there is infrastructure, there is water, there is electricity. But if there is a day the president will bring for you food in your house, hey, that day, unless you are the sister, the daughter to, to his sister, and you've called him, that are hungry. You know the way now I hear politicians saying, Kenyans want chakula mezani. <laughs> and Kenyans also think they will bring chakula mezani. It will not happen. You know some of you, I don't know whether you people voted in 2017. And if I had time, I would have asked you, how many of you, your fees have been paid by Uhuru Kenyan or Ruto? Or, okay, of course we know these things, but I don't know why we get so emotional about politicians. As a believer, well, I understand unbelievers. No, normally, because them, they don't know God. So this is their God. No, Raila, where I come from, hey, my friend, there's a, <laughs> there's a time, uh, in 2007, some bus was, uh, now this PSVs, then some lady joked in that, in that bus that Raila is not going to win. Hey, the driver stopped the car and the lady had to alight. So the lady was saying, I was just joking. Say, no, 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 not, those are not the kind of jokes you, 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 you say here. If, if you want to joke, look for other. And she was left. She was refunded her fare and left in the middle of nowhere to look for other. Because she was now making very expensive jokes. You know? You know, we have people, I even came to realize, even amongst us, there are kind of relationships that break up because of politics. Because the girl is supporting Jubilee and the boy is in Nasa Dam. So now because of that, we, this relationship can't just continue. There's no way it can continue. When you, you are happy that Jubilee has won elections. Huh? So you really look at them. And then now, what is even funny? You break up, then three months later there's handshake. <laughs> So what happens? Now you, you, you start also having a handshake down here. Say, you know, I was just overcarried by emotions that time, so let's start afresh. You know? I think, I think for believers, it's a level of maturity that you need. Because these people don't have solution. That is why we preach the gospel. I normally tell people that we cannot be preaching there we are preaching if Rael had the solution. I will stop talking about Jesus and start talking about Rael. But I know that when he wins, if, if he will win, I don't know. But if he wins, the same problems you have now will cross over with you to the next year. If the Lord does not help you, and you see, the goodness with God is you can just kneel down in your bed, sitter, and talk to him, and then he comes through. 
And a lot of people who, are, who the Lord will make help you are people who are not even of your tribe. I've had a lot of, I think I have friends from, from and you know, they don't care. Like, you know, it, it, those things don't even matter. So I expect believers to be a bit mature. There's, I was being told of a sad story in 2017 where there's a man who went, it was, it was a cross-casual relationship, so he went and paid, uh, went for introduction. So they said because of these politics and elections, we will come for dowry after the elections. Then elections, Jubilee was declared the winner. Hey, the father-in-law was so mad. He said, I don't even want those cows now. Don't even come to this hole. You people of Jubilee, now you wonder. Okay, not believers, we can understand. But to the house of faith, people who are supposed to be wise to know that these people cannot solve our problems. That is why I expect you to be wise. I expect you to, if you are now, if your girlfriend is a hustler, and you, you are in this side of Azimio, I hope that relationship is going to survive. Let us rise up. None of these people have the solutions to your, your, your challenges. However, they are so important. The Bible actually says in the book of Romans 13, the obedience to those with authority. And Paul even says that they're actually the authority other than that which has been appointed of God. So you realize that God appoints authority, but the only institutions he has placed are those two that I talked about. So these people are in authority, and we're supposed to pray for them, and they're supposed to be there. You know, we have some people who just see people in authority. I think some of us here, God wants us in a few years to come to be in authority, to be an MCA, to be an MP, and when God puts that conviction in your heart, please go for it. And practice righteousness there. But at the back of your mind, and deep in your heart, I hope you shall be persuaded that none of these politicians, and none of them, has your solution. None of them. There's nobody who will, none of them will link you to a job, Unless, of course, they are your uncle, which now they are going to be so busy, they won't even pick your calls. Or if it's your father directly. But none of them will link you. Through. The people you see around here are the people who will give you referrals to where jobs are. I'd love them. I just want us to pray uh, briefly as we finalize that God will give each one of us the grace to pray our own. One is to pray for them at individual level. I know you people, I see you, you've been praying for the politicians and this political season. But you also pray to them in your own capacity as an individual. And then I also pray that we'll have peace and that as Kenyans, we will be able to be wise. We will be able to know that these are people we are choosing amongst our fellow citizens to take care of the affairs of our country. And that has got nothing to do with us fighting with one another. Everlasting Father, we want to thank you for this particular evening, even as you've taken us through church and politics, enabling us, Lord of glory, to see our role and responsibility, even as it comes to these matters. And we pray, Lord of glory, that as politicians play God, as they promise us heaven on earth, that we shall not be confused. We shall know that our help only comes from you, God. And that we shall stick to that old law that you gave. 
the law of love. We shall love one another as you have loved us, that we shall love our enemies, that we shall pray for them. Even those with different political persuasions, we shall love them all the same. And when the time comes even to play our role in voting, Lord, we want to pray for your wisdom. We want to pray that you shall give us the sense of duty as citizens of this country to express our opinion at the ballot boxes. We also want to pray that when you give us a chance, Lord, to be in various places of influence and authority, even post-campus, that we shall represent the kingdom of God effectively. We want to thank you, we want to exalt your holy name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we do pray and believe. Ogutu. Yeah, we've been reminded to put Christ at the center of everything. That even um, as we go for these positions or um, we lead anywhere, that Christ will lead our lives and he'll be the one who will direct us on what to do at what time. And other than that, also pray for the leaders, leaders at any position, whether they are your class reps or even the president. We've come to the end of the service today.